Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is the Sports Betting Preview Show for Thursday, December 4th, 2008, a pregame.com podcast. We've got a diff little, we're doing things a little differently this week, and I'm going to throw this to Marco to explain it to all of our listeners out there. Thanks, Matty. Uh, welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Sports Betting Preview Show. Uh, we're kind of shorthanded this week, uh, Vegas runners under the weather. Uh, so it's just me and Maddie here in studio uh, tonight uh, doing the podcast. And we're going to take this opportunity to experiment with a new format tonight. Uh, we will be back to our normal format next week. Uh, Vegas Runner will be back here uh, at the podcast. But for coming weeks, we were going to experiment and try doing a format where we had two cappers dissecting one game. Uh, we may be having some of our cappers um, that are on our pregame pro site uh, join us uh, via telephone and discuss one game each week and see how you guys like this format as we go further into the podcast season when uh, the games dwindle down and we get into basketball where we might be doing a spur of the moment podcast where we highlight just one featured game. So we're going to try this format uh, this week will be two games. We're going to feature the two biggest games of the weekend, one college, one pro. And then, of course, Maddie and myself will be doing our normal games of the week. Uh, we are going to go next week with the question of the week. So anybody that submitted a question this week, we will carry that over to next week, and we will have the $50 carryover prize next week. So I'm going to kick it back to Maddie, and we're going to get things started with the first game. And Maddie, who are we going to look at today? Well, we're going to look at, I think, the biggest game of the year, one of the biggest games in a long time uh, before the bowl season starts, and that's the SEC championship game between Alabama and Florida. I've been looking forward to this game for quite some time, ever since each of these teams won their divisions, and it was setting up pretty nicely. I heard something actually on the radio uh, this morning on the Tim Brando show, and he noted that uh, the SEC championship has played a role in the BCA, BCS championship game. Um, thirteen out of the last sixteen, or thirteen of the sixteen years, the BCS has been um, around, which which I thought was an amazing stat. Just because, I mean, they're the major conference, not necessarily. And he, you know, he noted that not necessarily the winner goes to the national championship game, but. The teams in that game, whether there's an upset or something, it, it somehow impacts the national championship. So, uh, you know, Marco, I know you've got a lot of stuff on this game. You know, what do you? What are your thoughts? Well, that's not really that surprising to me, considering that most people, experts, you know, broadcasters, people in the media, pretty much uh, crown the SEC the premier conference in college football. So, it it makes sense that one way or the other that uh, the championship game here is going to have a play in who's going to end up playing for the national championship. I'm looking at this game, and the first thing that I got to say that jumps out at me is I've been doing this for, you know, forever, as you guys know. I don't know where I've ever seen a number one team ranked in the country undefeated and be 
you know, almost a double digit. Yeah, I mean, they actually opened a double digit right. dog at ten, and yep. you know, sitting at nine and a half. I mean, this is just amazing. You know, granted, Florida's had an incredible year, and you know, just missed on the you know the one game, uh, or they'd be sitting at undefeated as well. Um, but this is incredible. Um, breaking the game down, uh, you know, to me, uh, you look at the nuts and bolts of the game, and what stands out to me right off the top is you're looking at. The Alabama defense versus the Florida offense. It's going to be which team, you know, is going to be able to dictate their strength. Um, You know, Alabama, you know, they score points, but they don't score points like Florida does. I mean, Florida scores, you know, 40 plus every week. You know, Alabama is going to be in the high 20s, low 30s generally. Um, But defensively, you know, Alabama, with the exception of the LSU game, you go backwards. They shut out Auburn. They held Mississippi State to seven. Um, forget the Arkansas State game. They held Tennessee to nine. I mean, their defense has been, you know, tremendous the last month of the season. Um, their rushing defense, with the exception of the LSU game, uh, they held Auburn to 57 yards rushing on 30 carries. Mississippi State, 35 yards on 22 carries. Uh, again, the Arkansas State's misleading uh, 91 yards on 37 carries. And Tennessee only had 36 yards with 21 carries. Um, one advantage that I see Alabama could have in this game, um, small, but it is an advantage. They've already played a game in the Georgia Dome this year. At the beginning of the season, um, they played Clemson, and that game was in the Georgia Dome. So, that's when we all thought Clemson was going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, uh, that seems a long too, time too ago. Bad, or it's probably a good thing Tommy Ryder's not here to talk about that one. But, you know, really, and if you go back to that first week when we talked about that game, um, one of the things that, you know, mentioned in that game was this team I thought was going to be better this year, Alabama. But I'll be honest, I thought they were a year away. I thought it I was. I think a lot of people did, yeah. Um, I thought it was huge last year that even though they folded at the end of the season, I thought I think they lost their last four games at the end of last year. They still snuck their way into a bowl game, and that extra month of practice mm-hmm. is so huge for a young team for the following year. Totally. And um, but for me to say that they were going to be this good, obviously no. Um, so that's quite an accomplishment. But that's you know the way the game sets up offensively and defensively for me. Um, you know. Tebow, you know, he's a dual threat. He can beat you with his feet, and he can beat you with his arm. Um, Florida's been just rushing uh, the lights out of the ball. I mean, when you think of Florida and you think of Urban Meyer, right away you you think a lot of points, and on the surface you're going to think passing. But they've been putting up over 300 yards on the ground three straight weeks. Yeah, I mean, I watched Tebow in that Florida State game, and you know, if he didn't get off to like a little bit of a slow start, I think you'd have to put him right at the head of the list for the Heisman. I know, you know, a guy like Sam Bradford's been putting up a lot of passing yards and whatnot, but just, you know, watching Tebow both run the ball and pass the ball. And then what also really impressed me was how he handled his teammates, you know, when he was on the sidelines. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, some of us don't know what he does, you know, outside of school. He, he's an academic All-American. He's, he's involved like, stuff like Habitat for Humanity. He's a, he's just a really good guy. And, uh, you know, and seeing him, I mean, if he doesn't end up being a great pro, he's going to be a coach or he's going to do something very successful. And just seeing him, like he put, 
the first thing he did when he came out of the game at the end of the Florida State game is he put on a headset and he was like tutoring the you know the backup quarterback and stuff like that. I mean, this guy he's a born leader. He's one of those guys you know you want to go into battle with. I mean, it's I think the the Percy Harvin situation is going to be pretty interesting um, just because that is his top weapon. You know, I didn't see him do a lot in the Florida State game, but you know. Tebow is just, you know, the, just having him, the, the confidence of having a guy like that with you, you know, it, it could could be a difference. I mean, we still don't know whether or not Percy's going to play or not. Um, and I think that that's kind of surprising, too, that they just shot the line out at 10 with, without even knowing the status of, you know, probably the second, well, second best player on that team, but one of the, you know, one of the best players in the country. I mean, he's definitely a, a guy who makes an impact. Um, I think it's interesting too that these two, these teams haven't faced each other since 2006, and Alabama's actually covered the last. Uh, they're six zero and one in the last seven meetings against the spread, and uh, in it looks like one, two, three, four, five, five of the last seven they've been double digit dogs in, in in the series, which I think is pretty interesting as well. So they're used to coming into the situation. You know, like you said, it's surprising that they're the number one team in the country. But we also have, you know, a situation with the number one and number two teams playing. Um, this is the 40th time that the top two teams have met in, in a situation like this. And number one holds a 23-15-1 straight up edge, which I think is worth noting, you know, especially for those guys who want to, you know, put a little money on the money line. I mean, this is a situation where, you know, it, it, either Florida's going to blow, they're going to cover the spread, or if you, you like Alabama, you know, why not, you know, put a little money on the money line. Where the number one and number two uh, meetings have happened generally have been, you know, in the championship game, and it's usually been the number two teams, the underdog, and it's been a huge right. motivational edge. And as we've seen in some of the, in recent championship games, that you know the dog has pulled the upset because it is psychologically whoever goes into that game is the dog um, has the mental edge, you know, like we have something to prove. Again, I can't remember having the number one team a double-digit dog. So, you know, that could play a huge part for Alabama. Um, I will make one note on, you know, Urban Meyer. Um, the sign of a good coach is the teams get stronger at the end of the season. Um, good coaches always Oklahoma have their teams scoops. peaking. Yeah, they have them peaking. And, uh, here, right? Over the last two seasons, um, Florida is 10-2 and two against the spread in the second half of the season. So, you know, he always has, you know, the team pointing in the right direction. So it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I haven't made a decision yet uh, if I'm going to go with uh, Alabama or Florida yet in the game. I've got some more work to do on it, uh, see if, you know, if the line does any more fluctuation. But, um, you know, the, the early movement went from 10 to 9.5. Um, I think it's probably going to sit pretty solid there the rest of the way. Um, but that's, um, you know, I'm excited to see it. It'll be an interesting game on Saturday, and I look forward to that one. And um, I'll kick it back to you, Maddie. And uh, we'll... we all know Johnny Detroit's going to be there, and he's probably going to be whooping it up. Um, this is this is a, an unbelievable game. I just can't. I'm so glad it's actually going to happen. This is like honestly how a playoff should set up. I mean, it's too bad that Texas can't play Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game. I think they're going to have to look at making some changes in that conference because to have like four teams, because I think Oklahoma State's better than Missouri, to have four teams from one division better than the top team in another division, right. something's got to be done, you know, as far as that goes. But this is this is as close to a playoff game as we're getting, and I, I would have to say whoever wins this game is going to be favored to win the national championship. 
Uh, no you know. question. The, the inside track. Uh, it, it's hard to say Alabama yeah. versus Oklahoma. It might be a little closer. It might be. I don't know. That that might be a little little tough to call. Given the disrespect that they got in this game, and, right. you know, and I think the public perception that the Big Twelve. You know, because of what Alabama, or excuse me, what Oklahoma is doing, scoring sixty plus in how many straight games now? You know, they definitely the Big Twelve would be the favorite. But uh, I agree with you, Maddie. I wish this Saturday that the Big Twelve championship was Texas and Oklahoma, so they could have been decided on on the field. Um, you know, I know they use the phrase style points with Oklahoma, and they were the best team. You know, at the end of the year, but you know, I just still feel that you know Texas beat them granted it was early in the season right uh you know but they did beat Oklahoma and to have this thing decided by polls it just and it drives computer. me nuts you yeah know. it is it is ridiculous I mean this is I think the the key to this game for Alabama is going to be how their defense performs like you said and uh you know if it, and they're not going to win a shootout with Florida that's for sure I mean I there's no doubt I, they, they were able to do that against Georgia earlier in the season you know, they, they piled on a lot of points in the first half and kind of had to hold on. Right. But uh, I think it's going to be – and this is the one thing that, you know, if Oklahoma's obviously going to win. You know, they're going to be in that number two spot. Um, but if Alabama plays unbelievable defense and holds Florida in check, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a small favorite against Oklahoma just because, I mean, I, I still think Florida's got the mo- best overall offense, you know, in the country. They're – just the way they play, they're they're just unbelievable how they run it and throw the ball. Right. There's no question Oklahoma has a better you know passing oh, game, no doubt. But, but the fact that Tebow is a dual threat uh, gives them you know would give them the edge. You know, the more diversified offense, uh, I agree with you there. Well, I know we'll we'll probably have some plays on this game. I'm not sure exactly where I'm leaning. I'll I'll definitely have one of these uh, either either looking at the total or you know one of these teams uh, as part of my triple play this weekend. Um, but we're also going to be uh, talking about our NFL game of the week after the break. Remember, you're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a Pregame.com podcast. Hi, this is Tommy Ryder from Pregame.com. The Pregame Cheat Sheet features everything you need to bet on the top. TV games, including team tips, top trends, and key injuries each and every game day, all on one page. The pregame.com content team also gives you their top consensus side and total plays of the day to help you beat the books. Visit the pregame.com homepage now to get info worth betting on today's top games and make sure to start your day with the pregame.com cheat sheet. Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Now we're going to take a look at the NFL game of the week. And it is not the Bears-Jaguars. It's uh, We're actually going close to home again with Marco this week. And uh, let me tell you, this was one of the greatest picks I've seen in uh, in my, my uh, short career as a handicapper, I guess you could say. But, you know, I just cannot believe how, how good this this pick was. Just watching the game and follow, following it, it just seemed like it was playing out exactly like you had he thought it would, and that was the the Steelers coming up with a big upset uh, for his Grand Gobbler game of the year over the the New England Patriots. I think some of us still were wondering what was going to happen with Matt Castle when he went against a defense like that, and we saw exactly you know what happened, and that's I think what you know what's in store for the Patriots and why it's it's going to be really hard for them to to go deep into the playoffs. But Marco, that was just an unbelievable call. Your Steelers. 
Let me tell you, they look like a Super Bowl caliber team. I think they're the top team in the AFC right now. I appreciate that, Maddie. And I mean, last week, the game to me set up so perfect. And when I saw the line come out Sunday night last week ago before the game, I said immediately, this was going to be a big game for me. I mean, I, all week long, I was, it, the Steelers were going to be there. The line said it to me. New England, the media was just falling in love with New England after they put up 48 points after the huge comeback the week before on Thursday night football against the Jets when Castle, you know, came from the grave, you know, back-to-back 400-yard games. And yet, New England, Vegas installed them only as a one-point favorite to open up. And to me, they were just begging you to take New England. Um, Pittsburgh, although, you know, they had won their last couple games, Pittsburgh was winning ugly. The 11-10 game over San Diego with the controversy at the end of the game. And then the Thursday night game beating Cincinnati, so what? You know, and I like teams that win ugly because you get value with them. Absolutely. Um, last week it set up perfect, and uh, as I thought, Castle would struggle against the defense, and I thought Pittsburgh had the perfect style of offense that would, you know, d- take control of the game because New England, the reason Castle's thrown for 400 yards is th- their defense is horrendous. Yeah. When you think of a Belichick team, you never think of a team that has no defense. They're playing with, like, second and third stringers. I mean, that's the thing is that- – Everyone knew, you know, Tommy talked about this before the season. You know, they were playing with a bunch of old guys kind of hanging on. They don't really have a lot of youngsters. I mean, Mayo, Mayo is a good linebacker. They got a couple, like, rookies, I guess, that they're, you know, getting a lot of playing time. But that's mainly because of injuries. I mean, you have Harrison out. You've got Adelius Thomas out. He, he was playing, you know, really well for them. And they're just – they got – I mean, they, they you know, decided uh, – that they didn't need their corners from last year, so they let them go, and they got nobody to cover anybody. I mean, and that's they got the worst combination when you have an old a defense that got old quick, right? And then you take key injuries. injuries yeah. It's you know it's a disaster, and that's what it's been. Um, so with that said, let's you know let's look into this weekend. Um, I haven't decided if this is going to be a play or not yet for me. Uh, I've had great success going with and against Pittsburgh. But, you know, I'm going to say right off the top, this is a danger spot for Pittsburgh. As dominating as they looked last week, um, that was a satisfying win for the Steelers. And just like the week before, it was a satisfying win for New England, the big revenge game, because Miami embarrassed Belichick earlier in the year in New England and they went down to Miami and hung up 48. Um, for Pittsburgh to go into New England, that was huge. And really, you know that with Pittsburgh, the rivalry is Pittsburgh-Cleveland because of you know proximity. Um, then you have Pittsburgh and Baltimore because those are the two teams that generally battle in you know the division. But honestly, Cleveland and Baltimore has not been good forever. Um, the rivalry in the AFC for the Steelers has been... New England. They've either met them, it seems like, every year in the regular season or in the playoffs. Well, a few AFC championships, too, it seemed like. And, you know, I remember Cordell Stewart melting. You know, we saw the kind of the birth of Tom Brady, you know, coming come over to Vage. I, I, sat in the, him out there. I sat in the coldest AFC game. It was uh, Roethlisberger's first year, the year that, you know, he went 15-1 and as the starter. 
and then they lost in the AFC Championship game. And I, I don't think I chilled out from that game yet. It was so cold. But that was a huge game. Now they come back home, you know, suddenly – like you just said, you know, you think they're the best team in the AFC and should go so to the Super Bowl. A lot Bowl. of people, other people do too, especially the, after that game. The media has yeah. chastised them that. So from a mental standpoint, this is a danger spot for Pittsburgh. Another point that I'll, I'll make for Pittsburgh, not only is it a danger spot when you say, okay, but they're playing Dallas, you know, and remember, and I know Tommy Ryder is, you know, going to be listening and saying, you know, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Dallas, yeah, let's get no, him he's on. looking at his chops. But. but this isn't Pittsburgh and Dallas of the 70s. Right now, as I said, they're coming off their biggest rival, you know, of the last few years, New England, and they spanked them. Guess who they have next week? They got Baltimore next week, and that's for the that's, yeah. that's for the division. So this is a very dangerous spot, and as dominating as Pittsburgh looked last week, um, I got to say when I saw the opening number last week, seeing the number of New England at one, it made me immediately say, "Hey, this doesn't look right," and it meant, sent me to the Pittsburgh side. I have to admit, my initial read of seeing Pittsburgh at three, I thought the line was low. Um, I, like Vegas wants you to take Pittsburgh with this opening yep. number because I know Dallas has won three in a row and it's it coincides with Romo coming back. But their three wins were Washington, who right now has lost, I think, four of their last five. Um, San Francisco, we know, is not a good team. And Seattle's a, you know a very bad team. So the Dallas wins, this almost sounds like Pittsburgh of last week. They're winning, but no, you know, no respect yet, and they're going into the team that's coming off their best performance of the year. So I think it's a danger spot here. Um, it's going to be, you know, a, a tough game on Sunday. And Maddie, what's your take? Well, I, I mean, I agree with you 100. I'm not going to go against your thinking because you're the master. But uh, especially with this, I mean, I'm just looking at their their last five home games, and you know, I was going to ask you. I mean. It, it just seems strange. They're one and four against the spread in their last five home games, but they tend to play close home games. And I think this line has even gone to like two and a half a few places. And the thing is, is they, they always seem to be within a field goal. All these home, like I'm looking at the scores and stuff, and they, you know, outside of beating Cincinnati, that was their one cover that they had over that stretch. They had San Diego, it was four and a half. They won by one. They lost straight up to Indy as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Lost straight up to the Giants as a three-point favorite. And then they, you know, they won 23-20 against Baltimore in the first meeting, and they were six-point favorites. So it's like, you know, they seem to, like, use that home field. I mean, even though they've lost two straight up during that stretch, it's kind of a cushion. They, they just they do enough to win. They're not really worried about going out and making a statement. The road is where the Steelers have really kind of proven themselves as to me, as being one of the top teams in the NFL. They take that more personal, like winning at Jacksonville. I think when they beat Jacksonville on, on the road on that Sunday night when people you know, were still thinking, oh, Jacksonville still yeah. got it, that was a huge statement win, and I think that just really knocked, started the whole downward spiral for the Jaguars that they, you know, because they had had the Steelers' number up until yeah. that point, and then they lost to them at home, and then they, they still haven't recovered. I mean, they, they lost again like, on Monday night, and they're just – their season's over. So yeah, that was a, that was a huge revenge game for yep. Pittsburgh going into Jacksonville, obviously because they lost not once but twice to them last year, and of course, you know the second one being you know in the playoffs. Um, the other point I'm going to ask you: if I said right now, 
if you put the New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys on a neutral field, who's the favorite? Oh, the, the Giants easily. I mean, I would say, you know, like four or five points. Okay. With that thinking, and I agree with you, you got to make the Giants the favorite. Right. Pittsburgh's laying the same number right. to to Dallas as they laid to the Giants, and yeah. Pittsburgh's doing it coming off their most impressive game of the year. I know. And to, to me, I mean, it's all about the fact that the Cowboys pretty much have to win out to get into the playoffs. I mean, they can't. This game is definitely, like what you said, it's, it's a sandwich game, a very tough spot for, for the Steelers. And the only advantage they have in this game, to me, is that they're playing at home. And the elements, I think, can be a factor. Because you look at the Cowboys, and, you know, they won at Washington. They had the two games at home, you know, that they played two horrible teams in the 49ers and the Seahawks. They got some confidence, but like, I'm staying far away from them in this spot. Simply because you take Tony, Tony Romo, and you put him finally in a situation against a very tough defense... And I know Tommy Ryder would agree he's not going to touch this game either, or maybe he'll he'll you know have a big play on the Steelers. But he's he's definitely not taking the Cowboys in the spot because he, Tony Romo is in this kind of situation. I still don't trust him. This is like a playoff game for him, and and every game here on out, you know, depending on the the, the caliber of the competition is, is you know they, I think they actually have a, a look ahead spot too because I believe they play the Giants. Don't they, they play, play the Giants, Giants the following week? week? Right. So it's it's a tough it's a tough situation for them too, and they have to win. They have to beat the Giants. The only week. the only difference between the two of them with the lookheads, there's no question, the Giants next week. But Dallas is so far behind the Giants. Yeah, it's not like they're playing for the division. Well, they're, they're, no, they're but playing they're playing for, for yeah for the wild card, and they can't afford they can't afford to lose any right. games where. Pittsburgh actually has margin for error. No, that's um, true. If Pittsburgh loses this week and wins next no, week against Baltimore, the playoffs, they can still win the division. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think a key factor in this game is a false sense of confidence, and I think the Steelers have earned that confidence because they beat. You know, they had a. They're coming off a big win against a legitimate team. The Cowboys haven't beaten anybody. I, right. I mean, so, but generally. I like the team that that has that something to prove. Where that that's my unless that's my unless thinking. they're coached by Wade Phillips and that, have Tony Romo under center. That's that's the only thing I'm going to say is like to me this is like the, the Cowboys are almost in the they're not as in a bad of a spot as the Chargers. The Chargers are done pretty much right but, exactly. But at the same time, like this could be a huge demoralizing loss just because they're playing a tough team that they have. It's a playoff game for them if they lose. Then they have to play the Giants next week, and like they lose that no, game, they're done. There's no question. If they so, lose, if they lose, they this have game, to win one of the two games, in right. my opinion, or else they have no chance. One thing I will say, and if you can remember, and you know, I almost like to do it uh, sometimes during the year because we could really get set uh, Tommy Ryder off. But when we would talk about Romo and you know make oh, comments totally, about totally, totally, uh, you know, I you know I said to him, at, you know, at lunch and in the office, you know. What big game has Romo won? You know he no hasn't. Won, he hasn't won and a big game, and he's looked outstanding since he came back. He, he's building confidence, and he's looking better. But another factor too that's in this game is you know the health of Marion Barber. You're looking at and uh, and and Demarcus Ware. I mean, these are two guys, the well, two best players I think on the Cowboys are injured, and they're going to be playing in a in a game that to me is going to be like a black and blue battle. It's going to be decided on the line of scrimmage. 
And you need both those guys in the game. You need Ware to be pressuring Roethlisberger, and you need Barber to be able to run the ball. Well, I mean, I think that the difference is, first of all, even if Barber's healthy, they're not going to run the ball on the Steelers because, I mean, absolutely nobody runs the ball on the Steelers. But uh, the difference is, I, I will say one thing. This could be the coming out party for Tony Romo if he takes Dallas into Pittsburgh and wins. He will have this team and have their confidence, and they could ride. I mean, you know, I I'm the type of guy, you know, show me before I believe you. But if he if he goes into Pittsburgh and wins, right, then you know that could be a situation to go back to last year when Eli Manning went on his run at no, the end of the at the end of the year. They're in a similar position. They got off to a bad start. And they started rolling and everything. And nobody gave Eli yeah. the question. You know, he was always in the shadow of Peyton. He never could win no, the no big guy. game. Now he's, now he's the favorite to be NFL MVP probably this year. Right. And, you know, if Romo wins this game, you know, you know, go to you, Tommy. You can maybe get excited. Uh, you know, this this is going to be – I can't wait to watch this game, you know. And yeah, it's a, it's a very exciting game too. I mean, I – I just want to know how many of our listeners out there are willing to put money on Tony Romo in this spot because I I'm certainly am not. I'm going to be watching this one as a visitor. I'm not going to touch anything in this game. But. Well, some money's coming in on him that uh, you know that the line you know opened at three and and as you said I've seen a couple of the casinos move well, the game to two and a half. I know there's a lot of cowboy players. There's you got Stu out there. You got Tommy Ryder. You've got you got a few of them. They're still kind of you know having. Reserve and judgment until they see this game because I think this definitely is going to be a game that will determine you know whether the Cowboys get into the playoffs or whether they're sitting home this year. Okay, well uh, we'll be back after a quick message. Uh, we'll be back with uh, Maddie and my games of the week. And uh, again, yeah, you're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of Content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click wire alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. Welcome back to the sports betting preview show, a pregame.com podcast. We're entering our final segment where Marco and I will break down our games of the week. But first, Marco has a special message for all the listeners out there. Thanks, Maddie. And as we always do, we offer all of our listeners a special coupon each week. Um, this week, in honor of Championship Week, the coupon is going to be Championship 10. Just go to the shopping cart. You can make any purchase you want at Pregame Pros. Uh, and you just enter Championship 10 in the coupon code, and you'll receive a $10 discount off your purchase. Got several hot handicappers at the site. Uh, we've got some guys that got to tell you about one guy. Ron Raymond yeah, is no just... Doubt insane right now in the NBA. 18 I've never seen an NBA run like this by anybody. 18 and 1 in the NBA. You guys got to check out Ron Raymond and speaking Absolutely. speaking of hot. I mean, I feel the heat coming across the table. It, you know, it's you know, Wednesday night we're taping and that means, you know, we're just a few hours away from Thursday and Thursday is owned by Matty O'Shea. 
fourteen and two on Thursdays I lost with one football. Last week. I lost Thanksgiving, one. well, you know, I had three, they, three out there. That's what happens, you know. On Thanksgiving, everybody says they eat too much, you know, and you you put that third game in there. Well, oh, the, yeah, it was the Cowboys over too. That looked like it was a cinch like at halftime, but definitely yeah. looked like you had a winner there. But hey, you know, two and one on Thanksgiving Day, taking your record to fourteen and two—that's tremendous, Maddie. Congratulations on your Thursday you, run, and you're going to have a Thursday play tomorrow night. So I really advise all of our listeners to check out Maddie's Thursday night play. And also, Maddie is going to be releasing on Saturday his triple play package. You're going to have three plays on Saturday for $19. Be sure to check that out. Maddie, nice week last week. You rolled off five of your last six uh, in football, came home winners, and you hit not one but two triple dime plays last week. Uh, congratulations on that, and Thank good, good luck with uh, this week's games. And speaking of this week's games, I guess it is now time for the Matty O'Shea Game of the Week. Well, this one goes out to Vegas Runner. I'm kind of switching gears, and I'm going to go to an NFL game to try to uh, shake things up. I, I've lost a couple in a row on my podcast plays. Yeah, last, last week was a disaster. I went against Goodfellas, Oregon Ducks, and... Uh, it was not pretty, that game. Congrats. Uh, I just want to give a kudos to Jeff Bonds for hitting the, his Pac-10 game of the year on Oregon State. Or, I mean, on, on Oregon. Uh, I mean, that was Against just, Oregon State. Yeah, against Oregon State. I mean, you know, I that was just an unbelievable game. That was one of those, I think, I th- when I made the play, I thought too much about it. During our podcast, you guys kind of talked me into it. But then at the same time, I remember, Marco, you said something specific about like going against the team that you think is the most obvious or, or you know going the opposite way and that's really what I should have done I should have I was feeling Oregon State and I should have said hey it's a rivalry game take a step back go against the go team against that had them. the most to lose yeah. and, they and that's were where Jeff I think, yeah that's where Jeff had it right on he said the pressure was going to be too much and I think that was that was just an, a great uh, call on his part um but this week uh I'm going to go with a team that's Kind of gone through some controversy that over the last week, and that's the New York Football Giants. Um, obviously, losing Plaxico, I thought that was going to be a big deal last week. And uh, you know, just just to uh, warn all of our listeners out there, I've I've gone against the Giants the last two weeks, and I've lost both times. So I don't, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the week they don't cover the spread. I, I doubt they're going to lose this game at home to the Eagles, but. Uh, you know, the seven, seven and a half, it looks like it's maybe, you know, a, a little tough of a line. But I, I just, I don't know how this team is going to, you know, not win this game by 10 points. I mean, they've they've covered the last four meetings between the teams. And even though some of those games have been close, I mean, they, they beat the Eagles at Philly earlier in this year, earlier in the year by five points as a three-point dog. One of the few points, a few times have been a dog all season. And this team just... Whatever controversy, whatever kind of comes up, you know, it just they've done an unbelievable job of banding together, and I think that's going to be one of the things that they do. I mean, they get to go home in this game too. I, I, the reason I played against them last week was I thought all the emotion would be with the Redskins, with talking about Sean Taylor inducting him into the Ring of Honor, and, and then having Plaxico. This Plaxico thing, it's not the first game, obviously, it's the second game, and they're going back home you know, where they're a little more comfortable, you know, and it's, it is a big rivalry game, of course. And, you know, I talked about false confidence earlier, too, with the, with the way the Cowboys played. And maybe some of you, you know, might think the Eagles need this game more. 
they definitely do if they're going to try to make the playoffs. But I think their their win over Arizona was a mirage. I mean, we, we both had Arizona in that, or we both had Philly in that Thanksgiving game, just because it was a it was a great spot for them to bounce back because they were at home, in my opinion. And I, you know, I didn't like the Cardinals playing outside, you know, in that kind of environment. And it was a lot easier win than I thought it would be, but. I, I think that's a mirage. I, I don't think the Eagles can just erase what they did, you know, against Baltimore and against the Bengals. And, you know, playing the Giants, you know, the best team in football, in my opinion, it's it's not going to be easy. And I, I think the, the Giants are going are gonna to win this game by two touchdowns. I mean, I, I think, you know, McNabb might get hurt or some, something's going to happen where he's not going to stay in the game. He's, he's always had a tough time. He's been sacked like a million times, I think, in the last two meetings two or three meetings. So that's going to be my play. Some people might want to take the Eagles just based on that, but uh, I'm going with the Giants this week. Marco, what do you got? Well, we're going to go the stench game of the week. The last uh, few weeks has been uh, pretty stinky, and uh, but we're going to get it stopped this week. And I'm going with another um, ugly game here, but uh, this one, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'm going to take Seattle, and I know – Seattle looks horrible. There's nobody that's going to want Seattle this week. Going um, against the Patriots two weeks. I'm, I'm going to go against the Patriots, and and I'm going to bring up a couple points with it. Um, you know, everybody automatically, and I like to use the phrase John Q. Public, the average sports better. The bounce is, back theory. They're going, yeah, they're going to say New England's going to, you know. Uh, Belichick got embarrassed last week. New England's going to come out and, you know. That's exactly why people played him against the Dolphins. Yeah, they're coming off a loss and, you know. It's a, situ- it's a situation here that there's one factor that last week, not only did they get beat on the football field, not only did they get beat mentally, but one thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if you watch that game and you even heard on uh, several plays the announcers say, Did you hear that hit? I could hear it up here. The Steelers beat you up physically. And if you go back the last two years, it has been a phenomenal stat. Go against the team that the Steelers played last week. The following week, they're beat up. And if they lost the game, it's even worse. Um, In New England, lost to the Steelers last week. They got beat up physically. You got Seattle as a home dog. They looked pitiful on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, this is a team that you got to agree, Maddie, with the Holgram situation there. Seattle has quit. I mean, he's the team doesn't – they don't respect him because he's not going to be there next year. They're not worried about playing for jobs, so to speak, because there's going to be a different coach there. But one thing that you do have, and it's easy to mail a game in on Thanksgiving Day on the road, away from home on your holiday. You know, yeah, it's a national audience game and you got embarrassed. And I think that that's going to make more motivation not to get embarrassed again. You're coming home, you know, next to last home game of the season. They have one more home game. I look for them to play an inspired game on Sunday. You know, teams do not like to get embarrassed constantly. Um, the Patriots have been the premier team in the league for the last five years. So even though, you know, they're having a down year because of the injury to Brady, um, Seattle, that's still New England, and Seattle's going to be up for the game. I think this line is higher than it should be based on Vegas knowing the public's going to come in on New England for the bounce back. I'm going to take Seattle at home. 
I think New England got beat up too bad last week. If New England wins this game, I think it's going to be a tight game because their defense is bad. Um, I see the game going down to the wire with a field goal either way, and I'm actually going to call for the Seattle upset wow. in the game. Uh, it's going to be a tight one, one late in the fourth quarter, but this defense is just bad. Um, as bad as Seattle has played, they had a lot of injuries during the year. You know, they have gotten healthier, you know, later on, um, you know, Hasselbeck, uh, you know, not a bad, you know, game last week, 22 of 38 for 242. Um, so I look for him to do some damage this week, move the ball on New England and be able to hang in this game um, and cover. And I really expect them to win outright. So my stench game of the week, I'm going to go with Seattle. And that's going to be my game of the week. Um, again, you know, we changed the format around a little bit this week. Uh, just, you know, we took the week uh, because of being shorthanded to experiment. Would like to hear your feedback um, on the format. You know, would you like to have some shorter podcasts, you know, throughout the week, maybe that we put up, you know, on, you know, when there's a big game during the week in basketball or and such, that we can do a short podcast focusing on maybe just one or two games. Let's hear your feedback. Let us know what you think so that we can plan future shows here with the Sports Betting Preview Show. Um, We will be back to the normal format next week, uh, but we want to just hear your take on this week's format. And, um, Maddie, I'll kick it back to you for the closing. Yeah, we'll have that blog, and we'll have this up on the forums momentarily, so just go ahead and reply in that blog or forum post and let us know what you think. What time is it, Maddie? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German, forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now! Well, that's all for now. For this week, we'll, again, we'll be back with the, the old format next week. And thanks again for listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. 